Welcome to NEP On Location. Here we hit the road and have conversations with some of the brightest minds from the worlds of public safety, organized labor, communications, politics, and more. In this episode, Jim Molesky is on location at NEP's We Need to Talk Mental and Behavioral Health Conference in Las Vegas and has a conversation with Dr. Minda Oz. Dr. Oz is a Las Vegas-based licensed marriage and family therapist who specializes in critical incident debriefings, counseling services, crisis intervention, suicide prevention, and more. Dr. Oz is also the author of two books. Her first being, Fully Involved, a guide for being in a relationship with a firefighter. And her latest book, When the Calls Stop, Retiring as a First Responder. Both are available on Amazon for Kindle or in paperback. Hi, this is Jim Oleski from NEP Media, on location once again in Las Vegas at NEP Services. We need to talk behavioral health conference. Joining us now is Dr. Minda Oz from Fully Involved uh, from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Dr. Oz was one of the speakers here at the We Need to Talk Behavioral Health Conference and delivered a presentation called After the Alarm. Uh, welcome, Dr. Oz. Uh, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and maybe talk a little bit about your presentation and and uh, we'll take a discussion from there. We've had a great day today uh, going pretty deep into this these important uh, you know range of, of topics related to mental and behavioral health and uh, it's very exciting to have you here and to talk to you for this this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so basically for me, I got into working with first responders as a psychologist because I was a first responder, married one, and I really saw the need. I understand the culture. I have my own set of slides that you know I've lived with for over 25 years. And so I just felt a passion to get involved from the mental health aspect to help our first responders. My main goal that I always tell people is I want to get you to your 30 years somewhat sane right. and so you can enjoy your retirement. So um, I have a practice in Henderson. I work very closely with the agencies here. Previously I was in California, worked close with them as well. And so the presentation I did today was about retirement. I think that's the, the newest thing that we need to be aware of because in 2009 we had a hiring freeze and so we have a huge age gap and within the next one to five years we're going to have a huge exodus of a population that came from the suck it up generation yep. so they haven't processed any of those 30 years of calls. Interesting. Yeah. So my, my own fire department uh, back in New Jersey, I mean, we're in a period right now where we have about 20% of the department turning over uh, kind of at the same time, um, which is, is you know, certainly creating some challenges from an experience point of view, but is also creating some opportunities um, in that we have a kind of new generation of folks coming onto the job. But that's a very fascinating perspective of, of worrying about the folks as they're leaving the job. Uh, and especially nowadays where, you know, you used to be a cop and fireman and you've worked for 25, 30 years and you drop dead a few years later. Yeah. We're having a lot of people, thankfully now, who are living longer than they worked. And, um, and they're probably not thinking about their, I'm imagining their, their mental health um, when they leave. And, and I, I have to imagine it can be terrifying. Um, it's probably very comforting to have your, your partner, if you're in law enforcement or your, your crew in the fire department when you're still on the job. And you walk away from that, and and it's it's just you, and uh, you know. So I mean, uh, yeah. If you can tell us some more about that, this is not a perspective um, we've 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 heard a lot about. No. Um, yeah, the 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 after the alarm, as your presentation is called, you know, aspect of it. Um, so how how did you determine there was a need for this? Well, mainly personal. First of all, my okay. husband did thirty four years as a firefighter in California, and. 
when he hit the 30-year mark, um, he had that counter on his clock that tells you, uh, you know, like how many years, months, days, minutes till you retire. And he would show it to me periodically, like, look how many more, how many more years I have, <laughs> how many more years I have. I, I just was showing her the countdown clock on yes. my own phone. Yes. And so when it hit zero, I was like, okay, now what? And he was like, well, I don't, I don't know. It's just nice to know that it's at zero. And he would tell me, you know, I am one bad day, one bad shift away from retiring. Well, four years later, he hadn't retired. There was no plan. Um, and then he would say, well, I'm on your time because I was working and our kids are grown now. And so I said, you know, we really need a plan of action here. Like, what are you going to do? And so the other famous line was, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. And I said, babe, we're at the bridge. Yeah. We're standing there. And we don't have a plan uh, in place. So it just really started occurring to me, as well as my own private practice, I started seeing an increase in retirees coming in to see me, talking about some of the issues they were having. They were having nightmares about calls from 20-plus years ago that they could not stop. Um, thinking about and just the ruminating and looping the thoughts. So I just started really thinking about it and really looking into what's out there for research. Well, there's nothing for research for first responders in the sense of your mental health after retiring. Plenty on 401ks, right, 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 your deferred comp, yep, you know, how to yep. manage retirement money, but nothing about what to do mentally with yourself. Fascinating. And um, uh, so how uh, so how did you start then? I mean, how, how you, you clearly identified the need um, and you have clearly uh, you, you, you were at the bridge and you seem like you were at your own bridge. Um, yeah. And how did you cross the bridge into moving forward with uh, with identifying, um, you know, uh, resources that, that retirees needed and then and, and connecting with those folks? Well, uh, I forced the issue, I guess. My. Um my kids both live in Vegas. My son had moved, and he'd come home and said, you know, Mom, Dad, I put a down payment on an apartment in Vegas. You know, I'm going to go live by my sister. And I looked at my husband, and I said, we're at the bridge, and I'm ready to cross it, and we need a plan. And the funny story is is that I, I said, I'm just going to have the real estate lady come and tell us, like, what the house would be worth. <laughs> sure. I'm not going to do anything. I'm right, just going to see, right, you know. Just an informal. Just see the numbers. Yep. And she came over, and mind you, this was about two years ago when the market was yep, like crazy. through the roof, yep. and especially in California. And so she came over and gave us the price, which was ridiculous. Yep. And I said, let's move forward. And I started like doing the things she told me to do for the house. And I kind of didn't give him a choice. And I remember him having a full meltdown one night. What am I supposed to do? I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. And I told him, I've been telling you this for years. Yep. And if you want to continue to be a firefighter and work till you die at Long Beach, you do that. I'm going to Nevada with my kids and I'm going to, you know, semi-retire and start a practice, but not work as much as I did in California. Long story short, here we are in Nevada. He retired. Um, it was the best decision we ever made, and he is happier and thanks me all the time. It's just scary. Um, the day he was going to push send, he called me crying and saying, are you sure this is the right thing to do? I said, it's the right thing to do. We have to do this. So from our experience, I sat down and told him, like, 
nothing prepared us for this. Even though I'm a psychologist, there were things that blindsided me. Sure. So I said, we need to, I need to write something to help our first responders, you know, to prepare. So I started with a survey monkey is how I started to okay. interview all first responders, not just fire, but police, wildland, corrections, all of them. Um, and I got back those results and I was so dumbfounded by the numbers that I was like, I'm writing a book. So I just started writing a book about all of those things. And in the book, I talk about the three ways you retire. Like a lifer, you make it to your 30 or whatever your department has, um, medical retirements and PTSD. Tell us, tell us more about the book. What's the book called? How do we find the book? So the book is called When the Calls Stop, Retiring as a First Responder. Um, it's, very, it's very small. So lots of people ask, is it in audibles? No. Um, it's just it's a short book that's easy to read. And I explore those three things. And in them, I also included interviews from first responders and spouses about what worked and what didn't work. What do they wish they knew? What do they wish they'd have done different? Um, and it's pretty, I think it's pretty profound in helping understand and navigate what's coming. Right. First responders don't do well with the unknown. Right. That's pretty much why a lot of them stay because it's scary to take that next step. Yeah. I'm, I'm amazed. I, I talk to coworkers or former, you know, retired coworkers and Hey, what are you planning to do in retirement? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what, 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 you know, what can I do? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it, it's just, okay, well, you know, you, you've, you've got, you got a long time, 25, 30 years to, to kind of figure that out. But a lot of people, they don't. They don't think about it. I mean, this is their, this is their identity. Um, we've joked with some retired members before um, that they should legally change their name to lieutenant or captain or chief. That way they're guaranteed for the rest of their life that everyone they meet is going to call them you know, right. by their rank. Um, and sometimes you get laughs for that and sometimes, sometimes you don't, uh, no, but that sounds like a phenomenal resource even for, uh, you know, agencies or labor organizations to, to invest in a box of them to give their, your members as they're approaching retirement yeah. as, as yeah, in the same way, like you said, mm -hmm. there's countless financial folks who want to parade in and talk to you about every sort of financial product available. I mean, to the point where you can't even tell them apart from each other. Right. Um, nobody's coming forth, you know, with, with counseling sort of on, 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 on things. And, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say that, that fear is uh, the unknown is, is extremely common. One of the crazy things to me is, is how much time, effort, and money do agencies put into hiring and sending to academies and your probation and all of those trainings to get you on the job, but we're not investing anything to get you off the job. Right. Uh, well, if anything, it's almost, there's an incentive to get you off the job mm -hmm. because your replacement's going to cost a quarter of what you right. cost. Um, so uh, yeah, there's, there's an incentive. It's the opposite. It's, it's, Hey, let's get you out the door so I can hire somebody who makes a fraction yeah. of, of your salary. Uh, and, and that's unfortunately the case, but, but yeah, no, I think there's opportunity, even if it's not agencies themselves, you know, their, their labor organizations mm -hmm. or things like that. Um, I mean, I just feel that a call from a, a member of, of my own fire department who just retired uh, on June 1st, who's having an issue with pension check number one. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a batch of folks that retired and it sounds like the fire department had some issue, you know, with, with some of their paperwork and their, their checks are, are not going to be correct. And this is literally check number one since they retired. And now they're dealing with stress yep. over something that, that they don't have a lot of control over, um, you know, and, and here they should be not having stress over work-related things. They, they, they made it, but yet 
now they're they're, they're worrying about money. Yeah, it um, sets the tone. So it, now you've just triggered that anxiety response. Yep, yep, yep. So now they're going to start overthinking about what else is going to go wrong. Yep. Oh, I sh maybe I shouldn't have done it. This was maybe it was too soon. And then you just start that whole spiral. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's that's fascinating. And 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 so you 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 came out here to Nevada. Um, obviously, you had, you had your kids here, had family here, but you, you didn't have a business here, nope. right? No, nope, I started from so, scratch. So uh, this is probably, I know, I mean, this is the land of retired cops and fire, firefighters, it so is. it's at least a, a ripe target environment in there. But but how did you start? How did you come up here? And you crossed that bridge, and what did you find on the other side of the bridge? Well, for one thing, I was super shocked at is that the mental health here in Nevada is very far behind, especially for our first responders. Okay. So there wasn't a lot. And I have to imagine there's a lot of first responders that are here that didn't work here. They're, they're right? I mean, I would imagine that there, a lot of the retired first responders oh, here, yeah, no. they, they moved from everywhere mm -hmm. under the sun to retire out here so that even the local support network of their own agency yes. or union or anything is, is probably sometimes a whole coast away. It's gone, yeah. And, and so I initially came out here um, under really bad circumstances. Before we moved, I was sent out with IFF for a suicide that Henderson Fire had. And so that's where I started making connections and meeting people. So when I was ready a year later after that to move out here, I reached out to those contacts and just started networking. And because of my experience with first responders and my own personal knowledge, I opened my office on June 1st, and I was booked by July. Um, and I have been consistently booked, you know, at least a month out because the need is so huge. The other thing that's really big that I'm, I'm, I can get on my soapbox about all day is we call it culturally competent clinicians. Yep, yep. That is the key to the success of therapy for our first responders because if you have to start this session with explaining the difference between an engine and a truck, right. um, or, yep. oh, we have three shifts, A, B, and C, um, that takes up like three sessions of you just explaining the basic concepts of the career. So um, having that culturally competent clinician is key, and that really is what sold me, is that people were like, this is so cool. You know our job. You know what you, we do for a living, and you're married to it. So, and now I'm a mom of it. So, you know, I have a lot of angles in this world that people appreciate. So my business did take off. Um, I also respond out to critical incidents um, with the Forest Service. Okay. And um, I'm then now, the other thing I'm doing out here that I didn't do in California, which is so much fun, um, I am on the hostage negotiation team for Metro. Okay. As a consultant, okay. it is so much fun. Uh, so I consult with the negotiators and how to get the person to come out. So what are what are the differences in some of the mental and behavioral health challenges that retirees are facing that active members uh, are not? Or you know, what are some of the what are some of the the, the, the different challenges there? Well, the first and foremost thing, there's a lot of layers that happen for our retirees, right? So you instantly lose your identity. You know, like you just said, you know, my husband was a chief for 11 years. No one ever called him by his name. Sure. He was just chief sure. for 11 years. Sure. Now he's just Jeff. Yep. Um, so you have that to conquer first is your purpose. What do I have? Why do I need to get up? What am I going to do today? Um, so you have that. Um, you do have financial um, worries for some because what we're seeing also is a lot of retirees have children in the house still. 
whether right. it be you started late yep. or you started over. Yep. Yep. Um, so you got the young kids, so that adds another financial responsibility. Um, and then the other thing is that's different from active is active duty may have one or two calls that they're kind of like spinning in their head, but because they're so busy, right. they're still doing work brain. Right, 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 right. It's only like one or two at a time. Yep. Yep. And it's constantly getting pushed out by the next by the next one. Thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Retirees don't have that next right. thing. That conveyor belt stops. And so yeah. now it's all piling up. Like, did you ever see the um, old um, I Love Lucy sure, yep, with the yep, chocolate yep, candy, yep, yep, right? Yep. And she's trying to eat them quicker. That's what it's like for our, our retirees. Sure. That conveyor belt actually goes faster. So it, all those calls that were like the candy just keep coming. And they start coming from way back, like when you started. Right. That freaks them out because they're like, I haven't thought about this call since I ran it. Right. Why now am I having nightmares about it? Right, right, right. So it really overwhelms and scares them that they're going crazy. Um, and then they don't want to say anything, so they don't know. So with us talking about it, my book, we're telling them, no, this is a normal part of retiring. Don't be afraid of it. Get some help. Yeah, and I mean, and no one's getting prepared for that. I mean, like you said, I mean, there's, yeah, we're coaching, we're coaching them how to to get their four hundred one k or get their pension or get their uh, deferred comps and all those things in line as they their career progresses. Um, but no, nobody's, you know, there's there's no safety net um, other than, I mean, their pension obviously is a, is a valuable thing that 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 is is uh, is a hard earned benefit that that's that's. Uh, um, thankfully, still common in public safety, um, but the other aspect, yeah, I don't think people quite understand the the tied in of of how your career becomes your identity here, and then and then you lose it. Is there an additional challenge, like in a place like Las Vegas, where people retire from literally probably all fifty states and end up here in, in Las Vegas? It's you know it's a popular place to retire. Is losing your your comrades, you know, your, your, the ability, if, if you were a, you know, uh, if you were a, a firefighter or, or, or cop somewhere on the East coast and you move out here, your immediate peers, I mean, you're, you're probably not going to have them here. Is that an added, you know, uh, challenge, especially in a, in a city like this? Absolutely. It, it really is. You know, we moved here and we didn't have a lot of friends. Our kids were here, sure, but we did not have a lot of friends. Um, it just so happened it worked out awesome. Our neighbor that moved in the same time as us was a retired LAPD homicide detective. And she did the same amount of time my husband in a neighboring city. Yep. So they kind of like were yeah, able spoke to... Spoke the same language. Yeah. They yeah. could connect because she was struggling also. But the friends and the support circle is critical to the success. You can't just sit in your house by yourself or with your spouse, um, and that's it. You've got to get out and get involved, whether it be volunteering. Um, you know, like I had mentioned in my presentation, the neighbor, a year, she was done. She's like, I'm so depressed, and I'm so bored. Wow, so true. she's volunteering for Henderson PD to do their cold cases. Oh, okay. So it's going to give her something to yeah. do. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. sitting in the house doing nothing is going to be your worst enemy. Sure, sure. Uh, are you so we we before we started recording we we talked a little bit about how um in a in my opinion a relatively short period of time I, I feel like mental health has normalized in in law enforcement and, and fire service it, it's become it's not a dirty word anymore um and that and that's great we're in it infancy in a lot of those things, why we're at a conference like this. So a lot of people just starting peer support teams, people just, um, you know, organizing uh, systems to deal with these things. Um, honestly, speaking to you here right now is the first time I've ever given thought of heard about folks uh, in a professional setting um, working with retiree base. 
have you found peers? Are, are, is, are, are you in a lonely world here? Or are you finding that this is becoming, um, that, that there are, are some more Dr. O's out there? Well, there are some more Dr. O's, but not necessarily just for retirees, but for first responders that are becoming culturally competent to work okay. with in this community. But the topic of retiree is still very, very new. And if you're a clinician and you're just getting into this and maybe you're not from it, you're not going to realize um, that we're getting ready to get a bunch of retirees yep. and you're not going to really understand that the retirees came from that suck it up generation. They didn't benefit from this mental health their whole career like the brand new uh, right, recruits right, are going right, to get. Right, right. So do we need more? We do. We need more to understand that this is going to be a big problem. Again, like I said, one to five years, it's going to be probably one of our biggest populations that we need to address. Yeah, and, and people are going to keep living longer. Yeah. Um, I, I got a firefighter the other day. I swear, he, literally, he's been retired 20 years. Um, and he just came in and said, I think something's wrong with me. Like, he was shocked at this concept. And he's been having nightmares about, can't find his turnouts. Um, and he said he wakes up, like, in a panic because he can't get to the call because he can't find his turnouts. 20 years later. Sure. Because, again, he came from that old school generation. We didn't talk about it. He heard somebody speak and said, oh, my gosh, that's me. I may have a problem. So he came in and just, like, you tell me, Doc, is something wrong with me? I don't know. I, I have to imagine one thing, uh, you know, I always think about what are the barriers um, and, 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 you know, verbalizing these things, telling the stories, talking about these things is, is usually the first barrier. I would imagine retirees, one of the barriers are going to be who's going to pay for this? Um, yes. what, what's, what's guidance that you have for that sort of thing? And with this retiree, because he's been out 20 years, he's on Medicare. I don't take Medicare. A lot of clinicians don't take Medicare. Sure. Um, that's a specific type of work yep. Um, yep. In, in our field as, in, as clinicians. So um, that's going to be a huge problem. What I did and what I suggest, is, especially if you've got somebody that's that retired on Medicare, I put them on a very cheap sliding scale okay. to work with them because I'm not going to turn them away because that population is going to be fewer of the Medicare. Here in Vegas... Uh, which I really like is when the fire and police, when they retire, they can get the city funded insurance that they were still on, which provides therapy endlessly. So, but it's the older generation, if they're on Medicare, that's going to be the problem. And they're on fixed incomes. Sure. Yeah. 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 And that, I mean, that's an added stress too, especially mm -hmm. there's so many places uh, like where I'm in New Jersey where cost of living increases and your pension mm -hmm. got legislated away you know years ago so um and and we found a lot of the older retirees i mean let, let's face it a lot of us in public safety now make nice incomes mm -hmm. um that wasn't necessarily right. the case for somebody who may have retired in the late 80s early 90s before um and and yeah just that's one more one more added stressor um uh, th this is fascinating. Um, I, I, I thank you for your time. It, it, do you have any uh, you know specific guidance on how people can find you? How do they find your book? What's the what's the easiest way to get more information about you and what you do? So I have two books on. They're both on Amazon. One is called Fully Involved: A Guide to Being in a Relationship with a Firefighter, and that really explores how the career impacts your relationships. My kids wrote a chapter about growing up in it, um, and then the second book is when the when the calls stop retiring as a first responder, that's on Amazon as well. 
Um, I think if anybody hears this and wants resources, I always tell people I leave all my social media public so that you can find me and I can help you find resources. Um, don't think, well, I don't know her or I don't know where to start looking. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, look me up and uh, message me and I will find those resources for you. That's the first step is, is to get the help that you need. All right. Well, well. thank you for uh, joining us today. Thank you for being out here on the conference. Thank you uh, for all of the, the work that you do and have done for a long time. Uh, and again, uh, Dr. Minda O's from Fully Involved uh, out here in Las Vegas, Nevada. My name is Jim Oleski from NEP Media, and we have been on location in Las Vegas at NEP Services. We need to talk behavioral health conference. Uh, thank you again for tuning in, and we will see you the next time. Thank you for listening to NEP on Location and Jim Molesky's conversation with Dr. Minda Oz. Dr. Oz can be reached via her website, fullyinvolvedlife.com. Remember to subscribe to NEP on Location wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also reach us at nep.news at nepservices.com. And for the latest ideas and information from around the worlds of public safety, organized labor, communications, politics, and more, please visit our website at nepmedia.net.